The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. It's hour number two here on The Herd. Jason McIntyre in for Colin Cowherd. Your favorite radio host will be back tomorrow from vacation. So for the next two hours, it's just me and Alex Curry and a couple guests we got dropping by. Right, Alex? Oh, it's going to be a great time. It's also USA Day. We got USA taking on the Netherlands tonight, a rematch of the 2019 World Cup final. You watching? Of course. (laughs) There we go. You better. Uh, I mean, there's really nothing... it's weird. I, I, people keep pestering me about this diners and drive-ins thing. And I was thinking about my TV habits. And it's like, I know there's a sporting event to watch yeah. tonight. So yes. I'm going to tune in. I don't just like go and channel surf. That's like a thing of the past. If anything, I, when I'm sitting down to work, I'll turn on, like I'll go right to HBO and then go through all the movie channels. Yeah. And see if there's like Moneyball is on in the background when I'm working or Wolf of Wall Street. Have or- you checked out? Diners driving. No, I don't yet. even know where that channel is. Do yourself a favor. Just go on YouTube and watch watch a couple. Okay. Yeah. You, okay. Give it a chance. Sure. Yeah, I'm on that. Uh huh. I will get right on that today, yeah, Alex. No, just for you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we got Greg Bedard stopping by here in uh, five minutes. He is uh, covered the Patriots for a long time and also knows Aaron Rodgers. So we'll probably squeeze in a thousand Jets questions. But first, before we get to Greg, I need to quickly talk about Sean McVay. Um, obviously, a very very good coach. Took the young Rams to the Super Bowl. Um, they ended up losing to the Patriots. It was a humbling moment for him. Then they end up going back and uh, getting an awesome win. Then McVeigh was going to retire, and he ended up coming back. And the Rams had, you know, I think the worst year for any defending Super Bowl champion. His season went off the rails, and it appeared as if their strategy of hey, we're going to load up on a top end talent. And we're just going to try to win that way. We don't care about draft picks. It kind of fell apart. Were they one-year wonders? Sure. But they got a Super Bowl. Who cares? You can't take that away from McVay. But right now, expectations are very down this year for the Rams. I have been uh, probably too negative on the Rams on this show. And Coward, of course, kind of likes the Rams this year. He's got a lot of connections there. So he's like pumping up his team to his friends. But I guess word's gotten back to McVay that everybody's down on the Rams. So McVeigh was asked about the Rams' projected win total of six and a half, which is one of the lowest in the NFC. Here's his response. What do you think of that six and a half uh, win over under? (laughs) Whatever I say, I'm going to get in trouble right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe in us. Well, they don't believe in you for a reason, (laughs) Sean. uh, You're just, they're devoid of talent. The offensive line is not good at all. I mean, last year was an abomination. Two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, excellent offensive line play. Everyone was healthy. Last year, injuries and ineptitude. So, okay, fine. Maybe the offensive line is marginally better than last year. Are you ready for this? 
the the defense for the Rams has, and I'm I'm looking at the depth chart, has one guy that is a household name in Aaron Donald. The rest of it is largely unknowns. I saw a stat that the Rams are going to have 40 rookies, 40 in training camp, higher than any other team in the league. Like, this is a rebuild. Any way you slice it, this is a rebuild. Now, I did have a buddy come after me yesterday on social media saying, Jay, well, last year the Seahawks had a low win total and they eclipsed it. And then I, you know, I said, like, listen, <laughs> when you face the Rams twice and, and you don't have to face Matt Stafford because he was hurt, yeah, it's two easy wins. Like, Seattle had a charm season. And then, oh, by the way, they faced the Jets' Mike White, who was, I think, the third-string quarterback to start the season. Like, they face him late, and then they sneak into the playoffs. Like, Seattle had a charm season. They got a little lucky. You need some luck. The Rams are going to need massive amounts of luck. And I don't I, – listen, I like McVay a lot. I'm a fan of him. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. It doesn't matter what he says to the media about this, but it 100% happened. They tried to get Matt Stafford to take a pay cut and rework his contract. I said this on the show in January. It wasn't reported anywhere. Matt Stafford said, that's not happening. I'm sorry. Figure it out. You got, this is what the front office has to do. And then they were upset, and they were like, well, what are we going to do? And they tried to trade Matt Stafford, and there were really no takers. And then what they do? They ended up dumping Jalen Ramsey. Could they get anything? No. That's how I won a steak dinner off Colin. I told you they were not getting a first. He thought a first. They ended up getting like a third round pick. Like, this is a team in transition. Uh, if they win six, I've said it multiple times this week. The Rams are closer to the Caleb Williams sweepstakes than they are to making a wild card game. And I know the NFC's down, and I like Stafford, and I like Cooper Cup. There's just not a lot of talent on this team. All right, let's get to our guest, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. He's an entrepreneur. He used to work in the media, newspapers, then he started his own site. Very smart. I've known Greg for years. Greg, how are you, man? Good. What's up, Jason? You know, I was just kind of bagging on McVeigh for getting upset with the media, saying, oh, they don't believe in us. Hey, we're, we're underdogs. Like, Greg, you know, you've known this league for a while. This, this Rams team does not have a lot of talent. They don't have any talent. And can the quarterback even throw the ball? Like, what's the status with his elbow? I mean, there, there are a lot of things wrong with the Rams. Look, they went for it. They pushed the, the chips into the middle of the table. Worked out for them. But now they're paying a, a pretty serious price. And you're, you're totally right. It's a complete and utter rebuild. And I, and I agree with you. I think they're closer to Caleb Williams than they are to a playoff berth, without question. And maybe that's the avenue that they should go. Mm. Just full tank. Yeah, I like it. Thank you for agreeing with me. I love people when they agree with me. makes me look good. All right, so now let's get to something I don't know if we're going to agree on. We'll start, even though you cover Boston, the Patriots, we're going to start with the Jets because you covered Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You know him well. Um, I got to say, Greg, he looks and sounds like a different human being. Maybe it was the ayahuasca. Maybe it was the darkness retreat. Maybe it was just a change of scenery from Green Bay to New York. But all these interviews... He's like t being genial with the media. He's vibing with the young guys. Like, what do you think got into Aaron Rodgers? Uh, well, I think overall, it's it, the biggest thing is change is good for people. That you know, you 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 change your scenery, change your teammates. You know, I think a lot of that stuff goes on. But with also with Aaron is as he's gotten later in his career. You know, look he. He likes to be uh, talked well of. He likes to be stroked. He likes, you know, and, and the, the Jets have rolled out the red carpet for him. I mean, it is the Aaron Rodgers show. And he, at this stage in his career, you know, he loves that stuff. I mean, I, I it, all the sound bites coming out in New York are great. Um, I, you know, I do wonder long term, you know, how well this works. Because if you look at guys like Tom Brady going to Tampa, Peyton Manning going to Denver, those guys, like, worked nonstop, pulled the whole team around, like everything, they made it their responsibility. That's not Aaron's MO. Aaron's mm. MO is to be like, look, your job is coaching, your job is being the GM, like I'm just here to play quarterback. Is that enough to bring up a whole organization? I'm not sure. Hmm. Interesting. Now, we did see Russell Wilson kind of struggle last year in a change of venue. Brady, I think, was 7-5 and five in Tampa before that bye week, mm -hmm. come to Jesus moment or whatever happened down there. Um what are expectations for you and the and, and Rodgers and the Jets? I know they have a tough schedule at the outset. They really kind of sort of need to beat Buffalo opening night before going to Dallas in week two. Yeah, they have a really tough start. And and look, when when you bring in a new quarterback and a new offense, 
you have to know that there is going to be an adjustment period. And it usually takes about half a season, you know, even longer for Brady and the Bucks. I mean, for a while there, it looked like they were going to struggle to make the playoffs, but all of a sudden things started to click and we know what happens. It's can you survive the first eight to 12 games of the season with so much new stuff? Um, that's a big question with the Jets. I mean, how, you know, in New York and Tampa, you could deal with that stuff. <laughs> you know, how are the, how is the New York media and the fans going to react if, say, they start two and five? It's, the season's not over, but, you know, the circumstances in New York, it, it might feel that way. Yeah, especially with Salah on the hot seat, you know, um, Tough division. One more team before we get to the Patriots. Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. The, the range of outcomes, it feels, for Tua and McDaniel this year is like, boy, Tua might get hurt again. They're a 7-8 win team. Or if he's healthy, man, they looked good last year. The offense was humming. They add Jalen Ramsey, Vic Fangio. I mean, would you be stunned if Miami was in the Super Bowl, say, in February? No, not if Tua is healthy. And at least they have a better backup situation this year as opposed to last year with you know Teddy Bridgewater couldn't stay healthy. Then they had to go to Skylar Thompson. Um, I think the world of Vic Fangio, uh, to me, that is one of the biggest uh, acquisitions of in the entire NFL. And then you give him Jalen Ramsey, who people are down on him, but a lot of it was the circumstances with the Rams. To me, he is still an elite top three cornerback in the league. And that, hmm. that, that defense was terrible last year. 24th in the league. They were not good. You bring in Fangio, you put Jalen Ramsey in there. You know, you have guys like Jalen Phillips who are about to take a big leap at edge pass rusher. Uh, I think that team, if they stay healthy, that team has a chance to be dynamite. Wow. All right, let's go to the worst team in the AFC East. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry, I had to. You guys have been on top forever, the New England Patriots. Um, I, I, listen, I don't know if you started it, but I know you're at the forefront of this because you know the team as well as anybody. But this Belichick hot seat stuff, I, 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 I understand there's some pressure. I'm sure Kraft is unhappy. But, Greg, I just find it really difficult that they would just fire Bill Belichick. Um, it just seems unfathomable to me. Maybe they kick him upstairs to a consultant role. I know he's chasing the the record of Sh for Shula for wins. I don't know. Where are you on the Belichick stuff right now? So, um, you know, Bill was on the hot seat at the end of last season. I mean, you know, from the people that I talked to, the people around Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft was very upset at what happened last year, especially with what went down with the offensive coaching, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, which is a, a complete... Uh, just, you know, unforced error by Belichick to tank the season. And going into the meeting with Kraft after the season, Kraft needed to hear the right things about that changes were going to happen, hmm. especially on the offensive side of the ball, or he was going to make things uncomfortable for Belichick. Belichick did fall on the sword. He, you know, he did admit that he, he, he screwed things up on offense, and, and he's getting another shot. Uh, you know, we'll see what he does with it. Do I think he would outright fire Bill Belichick? You know, no way. Robert Kraft is trying to get in the Hall of Fame. You don't want sort mm. of your your final act before that is you run off the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time. It, it, I think if this goes poorly this season and they have a very tough schedule, you know, they could be better but have the same record or worse this year. But if it goes poorly, I think you're more in a situation where Kraft maybe starts taking some responsibility responsibilities away from Belichick and how does Bill react to that? Mm. Does he just quit? I, I don't see a firing ever yeah. happening here, but something else. Yeah, that could happen. I, I'm just curious. So if Kraft is getting on Belichick's case, Hey man, what happened with the quarterback and the offensive coordinator? You, you busted that up. I, I don't know how their relationship is, but would Belichick ever say to him, well, Hey, you made me get rid of Garoppolo many moons ago. Like hey, you want to just call the shots. Like I, I, I can see Belichick being gruff and pushing back. Cause if I remember your reporting was, you know, Brady went and was like, get Garoppolo out of here and Kraft, you know, made him trade Garoppolo. Well, it was, it was more along the lines of Brady wanted security. He okay. wanted that contract extension. He wanted to know that he was number one. It wasn't about Jimmy. Um, he would have taken a contract. If a contract said that he was the franchise quarterback for the next five years through 2022, he would have been fine with that. But Bill wouldn't do it. So then, you know, Kraft basically figured out a way that Brady got his security by Garoppolo being gone. Now, yes, Bill could throw that in his face, but Kraft could just come back and say, well, why didn't you just go and get another guy? He could have drafted Lamar Jackson the next year mm. and just, continued on but in, but instead he threw a temper tantrum didn't do anything at quarterback to the point where 
Brady got out and they had to go to Cam Newton. Mm. So uh, Bill is just as uh, been as much of a problem in this whole transition as anybody. Wow, uh, spicy stuff. So listen, I, you don't want to put too much stock in seven-on-seven seven stuff, but before the show today, I saw that Mac Jones's first pass, first pass at camp was intercepted. Ha, 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 Mac Jones. I don't personally believe he's very good. I thought the, the rookie year was built on bad defenses that they faced, and it was solid, sure, but when he, fa- when he stepped up in class against the good teams, he like didn't deliver, especially in that Buffalo playoff game. Um, I don't know. Where are you on Mac Jones? Like, is this a prove it or prove it year for him, or could Belichick be thinking, you know what, Garoppolo's not long for Vegas? Maybe he comes back to New England. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, long term, everything's wide open. But this is a you know huge season for Mac Jones. I like Mac. I think he's very talented. You know, rookie year, he uh, he was very tightly stage managed by Josh McDaniels, which is the route that they wanted to go. They didn't want to put the rookie out there too much, and and you know, I thought he had a fine rookie season. Uh, you looked for them to build on that. But, of course, you know, Bill screwed the whole thing up and screwed up everyone's pres- uh, sort of ascension uh, in his second year. And so now they're starting with a fresh start. And, you know, can can they get back to where they were after his rookie season? I, I think Mac is fully capable. I think Billy O'Brien is capable. You just wonder, do they have enough horses at receiver, tackle situation, is extremely tenuous. They haven't done anything there. So you just wonder, is there enough uh, for them to get the job done in, in you know some of these higher-scoring games that they are bound to have even in their own division? Uh, so you're talking about right tackle. I'm looking at the depth chart. I see if Jet is the backup. Is Reif the kid from uh, Minnesota? Riley Reef, yeah. he's Reef. He's been around. He's well-traveled. Um, a lot of people are surprised he's still in the league. You have, they signed a backup from Denver, Calvin Anderson. Connor McDermott is the jet you're talking about, who uh, is, is basically a third tackle. And then basically all their hopes and prayers rest on Trent Brown being a good left tackle, which has not gone well for a lot of people outside of 2018, his first year with the Patriots. Mm. Other than that, he's never met expectations, even though he's extremely talented. Wow, that, that's a little disappointing. Uh, I guess I would wrap up with this. You know, you see the the Kansas City Chiefs ascending, and they seem to be doing the same model of coach and quarterback. And, you know, we have a good tight end in um, Tra- Kelsey, who's like Gronk. And then every year the Patriots were kind of morphing. Hey, we're just going to pull this wide receiver in out of nowhere, and he's going to plug in our system and be great. And it seems like the Chiefs are doing the same thing. I'm sure you saw the Kadarius Tony needs sur- surgery. And, hey, next man up. And, and it feels like the, the Chiefs are going to be fine. I'm just curious. Do you think the Chiefs can do what the Patriots did and build like a 10, 15, maybe 19-year dynasty with Reed and Mahomes? Well, it depends how long Reed stays on and who's the next guy. I mean, the Patriots were lucky that, you know, Tom and Bill were sort of ascending at the same time and none of them were going anywhere and they could stay 20 years together. That's that's very that doesn't happen very often. Mm. And you just wonder how long Andy can keep doing this. But there's no question that, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's the, you know, the, the rising Tom Brady, who sort of makes everything OK for the team. And those guys are extremely rare. His competitiveness, uh, his drive is just like Brady. And so, you know, the sky's the limits for them as long as, you know, Andy, or at least if they have a, a guy who is ready to step into the role when Andy's done, uh, yeah, they, they can do a lot of great things. They could even, you know, tie or surpass the Patriots given time. Wow. So Reed uh, looks like he's 65 years old. Um, you, you don't think, what, five more years? I mean, I, I don't know Randy Reed at all. I've never interviewed him. Do you get the sense that he he's sticking around for the long haul or maybe just a few more years? I think I think he's like Belichick. I don't, I don't think these guys are going to ever step away. <laughs> I think they're going to coach to the very end. This is what they do. They are football machines. Um, it's all they know. And uh, I, I don't... Uh, I don't see them stopping of their own volition. Yeah. All right. Greg Bedard, founder of the Boston Sports Journal, has uh, a Patriots podcast you must listen to, especially if you're a Jets fan like me. Greg, thanks and continued success, buddy. Thanks, bud. All right. Uh, Greg Bedard, good stuff. Alex, very, uh, very negative on the Patriots. I kind of love it. I'm sorry. I, you know. yeah, it's honest. I love a good, hard, honest take. And- yeah. That it, it's good to hear every now yeah, and then. Yeah. Um, all right, coming up next, should Patrick Mahomes be upset? He's now the eighth 
highest paid, that can't be right, eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL? And Alex Curry has the latest on Josh Jacobs' holdout in Vegas. You're listening to The Herd. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including... J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Anti Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally. How you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton, those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earn doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. So on the heels of that Joe, uh, not Joe, sorry, Justin Herbert contract, Patrick Mahomes, who signed a couple years ago, his contract ticked down. Now, we've got the list of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. It may surprise you because one would think, like, oh, geez, Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback. He's got to be the highest paid, but that's not how it works. It's a market-driven situation, and because Justin Herbert just signed the new deal, he is now the highest-paid quarterback. But here's what's a kicker. Mahomes is now the eighth-highest-paid quarterback in the league. That may surprise some people. So Lamar Jackson's up there because he just signed, right? Jalen Hurts just signed a new deal. So every time a new quarterback signs, somebody gets knocked down a peg. So Mahomes keeps getting knocked down a peg. Well, Joe Burrow is going to be next, the Cincinnati quarterback. He's going to sign a deal that's going to top Herbert's, understandably. But we, when do we get to a point where Patrick Mahomes decides, I, I, I'm not happy with this. Like, I've got the MVPs. I've got the Super Bowls. Why am I behind all these guys? Now, this gets down to the person. Like, what's inside of you? What do you internally care about? Now, famously, and we've talked about this for 
what, 15 years, 20 years? Tom Brady did not care. He did not mind taking less money and winning Super Bowls. And, hey, guys, let's reallocate the money I'm not making to other players, and let's restructure my deal all the time. Essentially, Brady was the ultimate team player, and I, I totally get that. Now, I'd love to talk to some quarterbacks of his time who, every time Brady took less, they suddenly could not ask for the world because Brady wasn't asking for the world. You can't ask for that much more than Tom Brady yeah, unless you're beating him all the time, right? So, so where are we headed here? Okay, Joe Burrow's going to be one, and now Patrick Mahomes is nine. Patrick Mahomes is the ninth highest paid quarterback? Now, I know we just saw the Jalen Brown contract in the NBA, and that's a little wacky. And people are like, oh, Jalen Brown, that's, that's strange. Why isn't it LeBron or Jokic? Listen, this is how the market works. Now, what's really interesting is, and I don't have exactly where Travis Kelsey is, but he's not one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. At least I don't think he's top three. And Travis Kelsey clearly is an utterly dominant tight end. It's like, Kelsey, Kittle, a couple other guys in the mix. And you're seeing the success of the Chiefs with Mahomes and Kelsey as two of the constants. Andy Reid is a constant. And everything else is just a revolving door. Chris Jones, obviously, is asking to get paid. He wants a lot. He wants Quentin Williams' money. But it gets interesting because of the greed factor. That can break up this dynasty if Patrick Mahomes one day decides, you know what? This isn't right. We need to restructure. Now, Again, it's tough for me to put myself in Patrick Mahomes' shoes. His father was a professional baseball player, I think, with the Mets. And you know, he did well. And pa- probably Patrick Mahomes grew up in a nice setting where he wasn't you know, hard up for money. Some of these other guys may not have grown up with that. And they want to really capture as much as they can. And we all know quarterbacks, much longer career. A guy like Chris Jones, you know, is he going to be in the league at like 35? I-, I don't know. Defensive tackles, defensive ends. A lot more contact, a lot more injuries. Patrick Mahomes could play like Brady until he's 40. Mahomes could be just capturing money for the next, I don't know, 15 years? And it's nothing. So it's a weird dynamic setting up. Uh, we know Daniel Jones went into that room with the Giants, uh, specifically Daniel Jones' father, uh, and essentially went to agents and were like, this is what we want. I want this. And I was like, okay, Daniel Jones, is he greedy or is he doing what we all should do? Hey, man, this is your second contract. Go for the world. Shoot for the moon. This is generational wealth. I can't fault them for that. But I do think it's on some level, Mahomes should be applauded for not necessarily taking less, but not asking to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Uh, it shows maturity. It shows he wants to win. Man, every time we talk about Patrick Mahomes, Alex, it's like really great stuff. And the guy, he just, he keeps coming up golden, right? Well, we talked about this. I think it was yesterday. Um, There's really two ways that an athlete can go about how they want to get paid or do they want the rings. And you, you can't fault them for whichever they choose because you have such a small window to be a professional athlete. You can either go for as much money as you want to get or maybe not take as much. And your focus is winning championships, no matter what sport you're playing. Mm. And not every athlete necessarily has the ability to do that. As you mentioned, Mahomes grew up with a professional athlete father. Um, Tom Brady was married to the number one supermodel in the world who I think actually made more than him. Yeah. So there, there are great sides of being the best at your position and wanting to continue to win championships, get rings, and surround yourself with the talent you need to get there. Yeah. But you can't fault guys who know that you only have a small window to earn as much money as you can playing a sport to go out and get that. And let's be real. Like the Mahomes one's easy. The Herbert one's pretty easy. Burrow's going to be easy. Like give the guy a lot of money. Hertz was a little tricky. He basically did it for one year. And the real test bunny, Alex, is going to be Tua. If he's healthy this year, puts up massive numbers, and the Dolphins like go to the AFC title game, then you've got like a wow. Is this, I mean, is Tua in line to be a massively paid quarterback off one season with an injury history? And it's like, that's going to be an interesting one. Like, we know Burrow's going to get all the money in the He's going to probably make more than Justin Herbert as well. He should, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, went to a Super Bowl. Um, but these quarterback salaries, man, they continue to escalate. And Patrick Mahomes, once again, should be applauded. Let's go to Alex Curry with the news. 
is the Herdline News. Well, let's dive deeper into Joe Burrow and the Bengals situation here and everyone they got to pay. Because yesterday we discussed the Bengals president, Mike Brown's comments regarding keeping the team's core group in place. And Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins are among the big names coming to the end of their contracts. And although Burrow has taken a vow of silence relating to his contract negotiations, he had this to say about keeping everybody else in the fold. You have guys around you that have helped you have the success that you've had. Our front office has done a great job of that for the last couple of years of putting us in the best position to succeed the way that we have. We'll see where it goes, but I'm confident we will be able to keep everybody. Now, in just his three seasons in the NFL, obviously year one, he had that terrible ACL injury, but year two, made it to the Super Bowl. Year three, lost to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, and these other guys, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, have been big pieces to his success, as he's mentioned, as we've seen. If you want to continue to be put in a position of making it deep into the postseason, last two years, Super Bowl and AFC Championship game, you got to keep these weapons around you if you want to keep up and be at the level that Kansas City is at, right? But also curious here, like, knowing that he wants to keep these guys, we were just talking about it. Do you go for your money or do you go for a little less money? Does this mean Burrow is willing to maybe take a little less in order to keep Higgins and Chase? Now, we just saw, you just talked about it, Justin Herbert's five-year, $262.5 million contract setting the record for quarterbacks. We saw Lamar get 260, Hertz get 255. And with Hertz being at the top without a playoff win, mm. Joe Burrow is way more established and you would think should get, as he should, as much as they're willing to pay him and as much as they can afford to give him. He has the track record. He has the experience. But how important is it to make sure mm. that you pay him, but you're also able to pay the weapons that help get him there? Yeah. Well, we just saw them ask uh, Mixon to take a pay cut. Yep. Uh, reports are $5 million pay cut. Uh, even Tyler Boyd, their slot guy, is really good. Durable. Uh, his catches have kind of gone down since he had 90 in 2019. He probably will be a cap casualty, yep. right? And they'll have to bring in a cheap slot receiver. My guess would be Chase gets a massive deal and Higgins probably gets the tag. Um, and Higgins is not going to love that, but, yeah. you know, I mean. But do you want to stay and do you want to be on a team that yeah. is competing for a Super Bowl each year? Because you've shown that you have what it takes. You have the quarterback that has what it takes to get you there. And this is where that kind of that fork in the road happens. Higgins, I, I, I don't do you want to stay with a team? Are yeah. you willing to, you know, swallow? It's not swallowing pride, but it's more of maybe not getting the max deal that you want to be on a team that's competing for a Super Bowl each yeah. year. Uh, my guess, and I, you know, is a lot of people listening are like, oh, just take a little more and stay with a winner. But that's, you need to remember, like, the the window these guys have. It's not like your regular job no. when you're in accounting or whatever no. doing TPS reports. That's not the same. Years, especially yeah. in the Super Bowl window. So T. Higgins might say, you know what, we had a good run, but... Um, you know, the Raiders end up trading Devontae Adams, and two years from now, the Raiders come to me and say, T. Higgins, we want you to be our number one receiver. We're going to back up the Brinks truck for you. Like, T. Higgins is probably going to take that, you know? Now, maybe they have Caleb Williams, the quarterback with the Raiders. Uh, who knows? But I'm just saying, like, somebody might try to make T. Higgins the number one. He looked awesome. Yeah. I think in the Super Bowl, didn't he look really good against yeah. the Rams? He's got I'm, playoff numbers. He's a stud. I mean, you, again, you can't blame a player. Do you want max money or do you want the rings yeah don't hate the what, player what is your what do you want your legacy to be is it the rings or is it having that generational yeah. wealth money that you mentioned yep all right well let's move on to josh jacobs is one of the many running backs who are unhappy with how their position is being viewed in the market jacobs is in the early stages of his holdout and will not report to training camp after not receiving a long-term extension in the offseason and head coach josh mcdaniels respects his decision and had this to say Look, I respect every player's right to try to do what's best for them. Um, that's why, you know, the league is what it is in terms of value and uh, contracts. And, you know, those things are, are personal. Um, we all have to go through them. I've said it, you know, multiple times this spring. Um, I respect um, him 
uh, tremendously. Um, have a great deal of respect for him as a player, as a person, what he did for our team last year, and and um, you know I look forward to seeing him, you know when he whenever he you know whenever he is here, um, and I respect that process too. You know it's his decision to make, and um, you know I know they all have to do what they think is best for them. Now there's a possibility that the Raiders are going to be in the market to draft one of the young top quarterbacks in the draft next year. Now, obviously, they have Jimmy G right now. He's healthy. He cleared, which we weren't sure with his foot. But if you don't have a Josh Jacobs there with you, um, I don't don't know. I just have this gut feeling that I don't want to say that they're a tank team. But they could be in that place to get the first round pick and to get uh, Caleb Williams, the number one quarterback that everyone's eyeing to get in the draft next season. (laughs) But it's the other side is if you are going to do that, why not pay your offensive weapons now while you can and get them some. This is a little bleak, Alex. So I'm looking at Jacobs' numbers from last year. He played in every game. He had 340 carries. Uh, apparently, 370 is the line of demarcation. Do not give over 370 because every year, or anyone who carries 370 times, the next year they have an injury. It's just okay. too much of a workload. Yeah. So 340 is pushing it. Yeah. 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns in a contract year. Did everything he was supposed yeah. to do. Showed out for this yes. garbage team. And now they're like, mm, no contract. We're, well, we're I mean, you. he should. He deserves it. Yeah. He should get the contract. He's but only you have to You have to think, are they Are they doing it because they're, they might be going for that number one draft pick? Like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's Devontae Adams, Jacobs, Bears watching for this team. We'll see. Jimmy G's healthy, He's but healthy. that offensive line is atrocious. Like, if to run that healthy. well behind such a bad offensive line, I'm, I was impressed. All right, well, let's switch gears to the NBA where Anthony Edwards is hoping to lead the T-Wolves back to the playoffs next season after getting eliminated in the first round by the eventual champion Nuggets. But reaching the playoffs isn't his only goal, saying he's itching for a playoff showdown against Draymond Green and the Warriors. Take a listen. Definitely going back to the playoffs and going further in the playoffs to go versus uh, the Warriors. I want to play the Warriors. I want to get to the Warriors. Wherever they at, I want to get to them. Got you. Why the Warriors so much? I mean, because Draymond talks so much trash. That's pretty much the only reason. <laughs> Spicy. And now the Warriors have Chris Paul, who also talks a lot of trash, yeah. so they're going to be a mouthy team. But, I mean, this is the mentality you need to have. Like, yeah. If you, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Draymond can talk all the trash he wants. He's got the rings and the record and the career to back it up. Yeah. He's got everything. So- I remember when he was coming out in the draft and some people were like kind of down on him and work ethic and all this stuff. And on I was Edwards? like, no, dude. dude. Yeah, Edwards. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't need this guy. He's already the leader of that team. It's it's not Carl Anthony Towns. It's Edwards. It's mm-hmm. his team. Um, that should be clear to anybody who yeah. watches or follows Timberwolves basketball. He's only played three seasons. He's averaged 24 points a game. He turns 22 here in like 10 days. Oh, he's young. He's very young. Yeah. And he wants all the smoke from the Warriors. I love the that. dynasty. That's uh, the mentality you need. Give me all your Anthony Edwards stuff. Yeah. I'm buying it's it. Great. Um, we'll see what happens with Gobert, but I like Edwards a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy like easy to root for. I mean, he's built like a tank. Yep. And um, he's got the dog mentality, too. Yeah, he definitely he wants everyone. He, he take them I on. Not afraid of anything. Uh-huh. I like Anthony Edwards a lot. Alex with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Coming up, should Justin Herbert be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Not Patrick Mahomes. And why I'm buying Justin Fields and the Bears. That's coming up next here on The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. 
Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The second season of El Flow is here. Available como a ti te guste, in both English and Spanish. This season, we dive deeper into the vibrant world of reggaeton, featuring interviews with both reggaeton legends and exciting new talents. He's the undisputed king of reggaeton, no doubt. And he's been cited as an inspiration by multiple Latin stars, including J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Osuna, Ati Natasha. Explore the evolution of this dynamic genre and what makes it resonate globally. How you consume reggaeton, how you share and distribute reggaeton, those are all an important part of the story. It's the way that the people are experiencing reggaeton along with the musicians. Listen to El Flow as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight on Fox, the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup continues as Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino lead the U.S. against the Netherlands. Coverage begins tonight at 7 Eastern with kickoff at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Alex, you know I'm a soccer guy. I been we're trying live, to, it's a, it's the summer of soccer right been, now. Been trying to crowbar a soccer topic into the show for a couple days. Staff giving me pushback. Just give, give me give me a minute. But I gotta address this breaking news. Uh, passes for breaking news in July. Okay. So um, Jalen Hurts met with the media today and said he turned down the opportunity to appear on the Netflix quarterback document series. A quarterback. Um, he turned him down last year. And they came back to him and said, hey, bro, can, you want to do it this year? And he's like, no. And I, 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 got, I got to say this about Jalen Hurts. I love this guy. I, I, you guys know I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. Hey, he's the quarterback of my favorite team, the Jets. But Hurts, this is the same. Uh, listen, man, if you can overcome adversity and come out great on the other side of it, even better, I mean, that's just awesome. You go, you go back to Alabama with Hurts. Where he was the dude, I think he had a record of like 26 and one, something insane. And then he gets essentially benched at half, not essentially, he got benched at, in the middle of the national championship game for Tua. And Tua, of course, comes in, and unbelievable moment there uh, for the tide. And it's like, man, well, Jalen Hurts was good, but Tua's the guy now. And Jalen Hurts has to transfer. I'm like, that could, that could do a lot of damage. We, I don't want. I'm not. I'm not bagging on the guy, but like Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma was like the highly touted Heisman favorite, struggling all of a sudden. Bench for Caleb Williams. He transfers to South Carolina. Like we don't know what Spencer Rattler's future holds. How you ba- bounce back from adversity says so much. And Hurts goes to Oklahoma, 
becomes like, you know, a good quarterback. Uh, he could do more than win at Alabama. And he's a drafted by the Eagles. And I will never forget, I, I, de- I delete my old tweets so I don't say stuff like, you know, 10 years ago that gets me fired now. Um, but I'll never forget at the time, I was like, ooh, I like that pick. Jalen Hurts. I-, I wasn't all in on Carson Wentz. But, of course, the Eagles fanboys were like, Carson Wentz is the man. He was nearly the MVP. Carson Wentz is never that dude. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who cannot handle adversity. Hurts definitely could. So Hurts goes in there instantly like, He's a grinder. He works his butt off. First in, last out. Just the mentality of, I'm going to outwork you. I absolutely love everything about Hurts. And again, you know, I think his second year in the league, he's in the playoffs against Tampa. And I remember the game because I bet them. And Hurts just looks like a deer caught in headlights. He's just frozen. And Tampa's just annihilating him. They might have had like 17 sacks in the game. And it was just a brutal performance. And I remember in the third quarter, I'm like, all right, we got to get Gardner Minshew out there. Let's go. Need a passer. Hurts ain't that guy. You're not that guy, pal. That's what I thought. I thought thought Hurts just wasn't that dude. Well, what did they do? They go out and get him A.J. Brown. And Jalen Hurts responds by becoming basically the MVP of the NFC. Should have been MVP of the league. Goes to the Super Bowl. Was the best player on the field in the Super Bowl. No disrespect to Mahomes or Kelsey. I mean, Hurts was unbelievable. And now here he is getting asked to do a docuseries like, I got, I got stuff to accomplish. I'm good. Thanks for your offer. I, I just love so much about Jalen Hurts. I just had to get that out there. And now that we've had two guys reject it, um, you got to start to wonder, like, how many other guys are going to say no? Uh, not that many quarterbacks in the league. There's only 32 teams. It's like, okay, we had three last year. We can't run back any of those guys. If you're asking me for a bet on who is one of the guys, I would predict Jared Goff will be my prediction for uh, one of the three quarterbacks on the Netflix docuseries uh, for season two. Um, all right, I want to pivot to soccer for a moment. I know the Cowherd audience loves soccer. This isn't really a soccer, to- soccer topic. It's a soccer topic, but really an NBA topic. Because I'm sure you guys saw the news this week. The Saudi Soccer League, which according to the New York Times is like the 59th rated soccer league in the world has made a billion-dollar offer to Kylian Mbappe, the best player, um, not named Lionel Messi, who's playing soccer currently. They're trying to pry him away. They offered him a one-year $750 million contract. That's correct. One-year $750 million. The transfer fees, it looks like they were $332 million, which is where they come up with the $1 billion figure. So as soon as this became public... LeBron James jumped on social media and was like, hey, <laughs> Saudi basketball league, you want me? I'll come over for a quarter of a bi- three quarters of a billion dollars. And Giannis uh, put a video out there saying, hey, I look like Mbappe. Do you guys want me? And everybody's laughing. Ha, 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 Saudi basketball. I mean, come on. Who's going to watch that? And I'm going to just say, just take a deep breath, step back. It may not be as much of a joke as you guys think. I like to think of myself as a disruptor back in my prime. I still think I'm in my prime, but nevertheless. Um, I started a website, and we were ruffling feathers in media. A lot of the media didn't like us. Others did. Uh, We were a bit of a disruptor, helping newspapers kind of slide down. Social media accelerated that greatly. Um, The Saudi money is disrupting sports globally, and it's significantly. Um, Colin has gone at length talking about the golf situation. Um, you, you, could, you could say the Saudis own the PGA Tour. Like, you saw what happened. They went and basically money whipped a bunch of dudes, said, hey, come on over. We'll, we'll pay you $500 million. Who's turning that down? <laughs> Who's saying no? A lot of golfers said yes. Uh, Roy McElroy, I believe, was the, one, was the big one who said no, and I think he was regretting it a lot. Um, some others said no, and that's fine. I get it. But now the Saudi and the PGA Tour have merged. So they've disrupted golf. That's a fact. Saudis are now disrupting soccer. They go after Cristiano Ronaldo. They get him. They just signed Kareem Benzema. Anybody who knows anything about soccer knows Benzema is a beast. And they just grabbed him. They went after Lionel Messi. Now, Messi is interesting because he said no to the billion-dollar offer. Now, he's a little older, has a family, wife and kids. They love Miami. And he was able to get into MLS, some ownership, some uh, Apple. Um, He's got a lot going on, and I I applaud the messy move. But Mbappe is going to be an interesting test case. He's, I think, 24 years old. 
You think a 24-year-old is going to say no to $750 million for one year? I saw the number that he was making at PSG was 36 mil. Who's going to say no to $750 million? So he's going to go over there for one year, and we can officially say soccer's been disrupted greatly by the Saudi money. So spin this forward, folks. NBA is supposed to have two expansion teams in the coming years. Adam Silver's all but confirmed it. It's going to be Vegas and Seattle in all likelihood. What happens when the Saudis say, hey, what's the bidding like on the Vegas franchise? We'll just double it. Somebody bid $6 billion? We'll just double it. Here's $12 billion. We want it. What's going to happen when they get in the league and, you know, salary cap? <laughs> what about a salary cap? Oh, we don't care. Paying the luxury tax. doesn't matter. Suns have four stars? Okay, that's nice. We can, do, we can go five. Like, they're just going to flaunt the rules. They have shown they don't, it, it does not apply to them. They're just going to toss money around and win. I don't think the, it happens in the NFL, but I think if I'm an NBA owner I, and I'm Adam Silver, I got to wonder really what's going to happen. What is the future of the NBA if the Saudis come in and try to come in heavily with the money? Fascinating topic. Coming up next, Joe Hayden in studio. Hour number three. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 